and welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davison, and I am joined by my good buddy, Ethan Huffman. And, and actually, I should say, I am joining you, Ethan, because as luck would have it, I had to travel up to the Pacific Northwest for some uh, work-related things, and I get, to, I get to stay with you. And so we're doing this pod in person. That's right. We are hunkered down in the basement of the house that I live. Uh, ben Wolms, my lovely friend, so gracious to let me live with him and have some slightly discounted rent in the Pacific Northwest area. And Richard's in here. We're recording. Football's going to start pretty soon. It's it's time. We're back. We're back into the window of trying to record before football starts and inevitably running into the first quarter of the uh, the one o'clock Eastern game. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's not going to be great. I mean, as far as that goes, we're we're definitely. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely not, not in good shape. We might even hit second quarter today, to be honest, if, if we're honest with ourselves. Could happen. But that's what happens when you are recording out of your typical comfort zone and you have to finesse a recording method. And that's where we're at today. So in honor of myself being in the Northwest, we're going to start with our uh, you know previews of different divisions. Not that divisions really matter anymore, but it just gives us a nice you know nice number of teams to talk about. And so uh, let's get to the Northwest Division today, Ethan. We've got Jazz, Nuggets, Blazers, Timberwolves, and of course the Oklahoma City Thunder on the docket for today. And I mean, start start with start with the teams that we think are. I mean, I don't know about if we think, but at least the teams that you know have solid records. And uh, let's start with the Jazz. Yeah, we'll start with the teams that deserve to be spoken about the most, um, have the most intrigue about them. Um, barring like some young player development. So we're looking at the Jazz to start off. So we, what I decided to do today is to kind of like make little tables, right, of like pro- uh, projected starting lineups, at least the way I see it, and then uh, kind of go from there. So we're going to start with the Jazz. You know, obviously they resigned Mike Conley this year. Um, you know, Jordan Clarkson coming off a sixth man of the year when Joe Ingles may be the sixth man of the year. But, you know, there's a sixth and seventh man on this team, so it's kind of hard to say. A big additions, in my personal opinion, bringing in Rudy Gay, Eric Pascal, both those guys, some shooting, some shooting abilities, some theoretically defensive versatile lineups can come from this, and also bringing in Hassan Whiteside to kind of make that where you can theoretically play your 48 minutes of drop coverage if indeed that is the way you want to go. But I honestly think the Jazz had a near perfect offseason when you're looking at what they like to do already, and then what they added to in terms of versatility with the Pascal and Rudy Gay additions. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things they probably could have done, but I mean, turning the mid-level exception uh, slot that they that they gave, you know, last year to, to Derek Favor, shipping him off, and and you know, bringing in Rudy Gay, just kind of reallocating it. I mean, if you know, you want to have someone like Hassan Whiteside, you know, minimum guy, and you've got Azubuke, who is probably not really in, involved, you you would imagine uh, this year, but if your your hopes are with Rudy Gobert, and so I think that it's totally fine. The only thing that was like, well, could you have gotten someone perhaps who could have done a little bit different just in case you need a slightly different matchup um, in spurts and moments? Uh, obviously, you, Rudy Gobert is one of your best players, uh, one, of, one of the top two, depending on how you feel about it. And if you know if he's not on the floor, you're probably losing anyway. So it, just, it would have been maybe nice to get someone a little more versatile, but I love... I, you know, I think that going Rudy Gay, Eric Pascal gives them a little more depth than at what they needed. And there's been rumors that they might have 
like they might be floating out or Joe Ingles, you know, that's or, or, or Bogdanovich um, to try to consolidate, maybe get someone else who's back, who, who might fit a little bit better. I don't know. Uh, that, that, that was discussed. Those have quieted down a little bit now since we're in the doldrums of, of you know, the offseason. But, you know, overall, I think that this team has done a pretty good job of, of, of resetting coming off of getting number one seed. And shout out Jared Butler. Um, Got to say it. Hopefully he's healthy. And if he is healthy, uh, I, I think a pretty big pickup uh, for them. Yeah, just give you another point guard size guy. You got Conley, who's had injury problems the last, you know, four or five seasons. I mean, obviously playing for some bad Memphis teams there. Always got to take injuries with a grain of salt on bad teams because people will not rush back, preserve value. Um, Donovan Mitchell obviously had a tough, tough look of it in the postseason last year with his ankles. Um, I wouldn't label him as injury prone or anything at this stage, but he's a guy that he is the team's offense. He's like down the stretch. He can, he can be a good defender. He hasn't proven it all that often, but he's the kind of guy who has to play well. Like I agree and it would it be nice in theory to, to swap out an Ingles or a Bogdanovich for maybe a little bit more of an athlete, athletic four, three, four option. Sure. But you got to look at like, I think everyone on this team, maybe aside from Rudy Gobert, even though he is really good, is still on a value contract. Maybe like you're talking, like when you're looking, like I'm looking at Rudy Gay for $6 million. That's That's fair to me. You're, I'm looking at Royce O'Neal. That's a good value deal, sub 10. Jordan Clarkson, I mean, he won. He, he's a very valuable scorer, but like the efficiency, I can see where you would have some trepidation. But I, I honestly look at them like everyone's getting paid pretty fairly. And it's, it's, like all these contracts are movable, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's just if Conley is healthy, yes. Um, if he's not healthy, obviously, then then that's an issue. And I, I think that it's reasonable to like question that. But yeah, you got him. I think on a on a um, definitely a re- reasonable deal going forward. Uh, talking about our kind of how we think things are going to go for the Jazz, I, I got some spicy takes, Ethan. Go for some it. Spicy takes. Now they're. Over under according to where would you find the over unders? So I got all the over unders that if we mention them um, from the Oregon Scoreboard, which is the uh, that's the uh, the gambling site that I'm allowed to use in Oregon legally. I'm sure there's other methods I could do other things, but I'm I'm a legal guy when it comes to that kind of thing. So fifty one and a half, like I I just see that as being way too low. I mean, you're talking about the the team that I mean, you you typed out the their win totals from last year. They won 52 games last year in a 72-game season as opposed to an 82-game season. With some injuries. With some injuries. Like, this team is going to be better. I, I think that this team could easily be uh, number one seed. I think number one or number two. Um, and I will say, with the way the West is shaking out, Kawhi Leonard's injury, you know, they, they ran into a, a tough small ball situation. Um, uh, you know, and they ran into... I just, it, it, it was unfortunate, and the problem is that they've run into those situations that make it life difficult on Rudy Gobert in each of the past, uh, basically for as long as they've been in the playoffs with this iteration of the Utah Jazz. I don't know if I see the team that really makes them pay like 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 you have like with the Lakers having Russell Westbrook, and you know you've got. Anthony Davis out there, of, of course, but it's not going to be quite the same. Like if you're if you're really just are you really just going to make Anthony Davis a you know just perimeter player? I I, I just see this. I just don't see them running into the 
the the buzzsaw type. You know, the, I think this is the worst matchup for them. I don't see it this year. There's no team that runs out a like if if Mark even if Kawhi comes back, like that's their best option. But like, there's no like small ball center other than maybe the Warriors if they get it all figured out. But like, there's a lot of depth problems on that Warriors team. Yeah, but like, you got Draymond, so like. It's he's still not a shooter. He's not a shooter. So like the only th- I mean, obviously you worry about the you know Dray- Draymond Steph handoffs or or something like that. But I think that you'll you're oh you'll be okay and you can you can find ways to navigate that and circumvent that. But you look at the other top teams out west. We already mentioned. I think that the Lakers aren't going to be as big of an issue as like the Clippers were last year. You got if you're going to be playing Phoenix, they got DeAndre Ayton. Guess he's going to be he's going to be out there. You might look at the Nuggets and and think to yourself, well, what about that? Well, I mean. You, you're going to have issues where, you, first of all, you're playing Jokic. You need to have Gobert out there, and I mean, so, so what if Go, Gobert's pulled out and they're, they're doing the, you know, operating at the top dribble handoff? You know, Jamal Murray went crazy in that in that seven game series they had a couple of years ago in the bubble, and but like Jokic played well as also, but like you're not going to be played off the floor in that situation. So like all of these top teams. Are going to have a a center or a big or someone that you can stash him on. I mean, Kristaps uh, Porzingis. If, if, if we're now starting to get down to the, the Dallas tier. I don't know. I I just think that the Jazz are set up about as well as they have been, as well as they could be, um, and and have been in past years. I I like them as a sneaky favorite to make it to the finals out west. Well, see, like, like when we're talking about all these teams that like could theoretically give them matchup problems, like the only team, other team, I, only other team I could think of was like, well, I know, like it could be like a little bit of addition by subtraction, but Memphis did go away from Jonas Valanciunas, who carried their offense in a lot of situations in a very inefficient way, but did carry it. I was like, is there is there a John Morant progression with Jaron Jackson Jr. becoming a real player that could be a mismatch problem? That's the only thing I could think of. I mean, I guess, but you got Steven Adams. and He ain't going to play. I, oh, come on, he's going to play. He's going to play some, but he ain't going to play a lot. I, like, I don't think that Memphis is making the playoffs, if we're being honest. Like, I think that, That's fair. I think that with, <laughs> it's with, tough out there. It is tough out there in the West, and uh, I, I just, I, I think they make pl- the playing game, obviously, but it's, I just don't see it. And guess what? If you put Jaron Jackson Jr. out there, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I mean, it's either going to be where they're going to look, where Utah's going to look super, super silly. But at the same time, I, I just, I like the Jazz. I got to say, that, that might be the matchup. But the Grizzlies aren't there yet. They're not there yet. Not... That, that's what it takes, though. It takes a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr., who is like legit big, can legit shoot. And it's just waiting on some defensive, like honestly, just being accountable for his his, his limbs because he fouls everyone. And that's the problem. He's he's gonna foul out, and and so even if you need to like, okay, oh, Gobert can't can't stay on the floor with him. Guess what? It's only like twenty minutes, and then he's back in, and we're good the rest of the game. Gosh, when he figures that out, we'll be in a we'll be in a, I'll be in a great mood because we're big Jaron Jackson junior podcast anyway with with in regards i 100 agree with you richard this this team's going to be a juggernaut I, I i don't think there's a single team regular season wise that can keep up with them i think they're just too much of a machine quinn snyder's still a great coach um it's they're just going to be good and i think like again with rudy gay and pascal as well like that's a couple more guys who are very comfortable getting to their own shots like Boyan, i'd say can do that joe ingles can set up a lot jordan clarkson obviously can get his own shot like 
the, the problem I have like have had with the Heat team. Let me insert the Heat. Everyone, you know, enjoy enjoy my moment here. Um, the Heat have a bunch of guys who can take shots, right? We're talking about a Tyler Hero. We're talking about Duncan Robinson. We're talking about now Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler. But they actually don't have a guy other than Tyler Hero who like actively is always looking for his shot. And that's been a problem for the Heat closing games is because if Jimmy's playing a little bit passive or Bam's playing passive, they don't have guys who are willing to step into that mid-range jump shot, step like hit, hit a little fall away. Jimmy will do it most of the time, but not in the regular season. This Jazz team has guys who have done that for their teams. you got Conley, you've got Gay, you got Mitchell, you got Clarkson. All those guys at some point or another have been either on a bad team or a good team, the guy to take a last shot. And that is, a, in my opinion, a very healthy way to go into a postseason is when you have a bunch of guys who've been there before. Yeah, only other team that I think is in this tier as far as regular season success is potentially the Lakers. Um, again, barring relatively for you know health, I just I think that the Russell Westbrook thing, and we're not going to talk about the Lakers that much, but like it it boosts their regular season um, I think floor a whole lot. And so I mean, if you forget before the before the injuries hit the Lakers, they were they were up there, and so yeah. and. In my opinion, the one thing Russell does for you on nights where LeBron is kind of disengaged, he's going to get 24 points, he's going to get eight assists and like and probably seven rebounds, but they're down 20 in the middle of the third because whatever else, shots just aren't falling. That's the kind of game that Russell Westbrook wins you, right? Everyone else is kind of taking lax. The other team takes a foot off the gas, and then Russell goes on a 10-point spree, and all of a sudden now you're down 10 with you know the greatest player of all time, Anthony Davis. Like, all of a sudden, you're back in that game, whereas LeBron might not put the Jets on to make it a game. And all of a sudden, now you have the that, that guy who, regardless of <laughs> some of his energy being wasted, he, he puts it he, – he, it's not he's not usually wasted on offense, especially if he's the one running the show. All right. Well, there's the Utah Jazz. Um, Great team. I put $20 on their over-under when, as soon as I saw the number. Yeah, it, it's 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 far too low. Let's get to the Nuggets, um, who won 47 games last year. Obviously, Jamal Murray is out for a quite a while. With the problem of the past season, where we got to a late start, is that he goes down with an injury in in April, and you know ACLs tend to be a full year recovery, and so that's you're not expecting him really for the regular season. Uh, so we'll have to see how that goes. But on the flip side, you know, you got Jokic and you got the MVP. And if if he's able to continue how you know, his just utter offensive dominance like he did last year, uh, you know, it, it puts them in, I think, in a, in a good situation potentially for the regular season. Uh, over under for, uh, 47 and a half. We'll see if the extra 10 games, if they, if they can make that happen. But for them, um, I enjoyed some of the, uh, peripheral moves that they made. Uh, obviously, going to get Jeff Green, you just are adding more and more, uh, you know, large wings. When they went out to get Aaron Gordon last year, it was like, oh, they're trying to prepare themselves for a playoff push, and they need someone to defend those large wings out west in Kawhi or LeBron, and and then you know, Murray goes out, and then they have they only play guards, and, and so it's you you run into, you know, you run into that run into that issue with um. Uh, with them this year, though, they went out. Obviously, we, we mentioned Jeff Green already. They got a, a guy I love in the draft, Bones Highland. I think it's going to be really fun seeing how, how he works. Uh, and Because, and I mean, why, why not play him uh, a, a bunch this, this year at the beginning? I think I think it make, it's the perfect developmental situation for, uh, for Bones Highland. Yeah, no doubt. 
there's definitely a situation for him to get get plenty of playing time. Um, honestly, with the way he likes to shoot the basketball, like make it work. You're gonna make it work. He's gonna get a lot of open jump shots, and he's going to get a lot of wide open jump shots with Nikola Jokic doing the setup. It's just a wonderful situation. I think. Well, one of the things that they got to figure out, Michael Porter Jr. They got to figure out extension stuff with him this year. That, that that's kind of looming. And if if they if they don't want, to, I, I don't know. Like this team seems ripe for a trade somewhere in the middle of the season. The season, I don't really know what that looks like. We've we've for a while said, oh, let's go get Ben Simmons, right? And Ben Simmons seems to be on the block, but it it doesn't quite. You you don't know if it the, the, it quite fits uh, with what they want because. You know, are you sending Aaron Gordon back? Well, they already have a, a bunch of people that size, and Michael Porter Jr. is as as a sweetener, and I, I, I just then that that's two people you're sending out without having Jamal Murray in the regular season. So it just doesn't seem like that's really going to fit. But you're going to have to pay Aaron Gordon at the end of the season. Are you really wanting to do that, Michael Porter Jr. His extension. So like, if they wanted to put something together, this is a potential. I think a potential spot where you could. S- Try to trade something out. Maybe it's a Beal. I, I don't know what it looks like, but it's it's an interesting situation that this team finds itself in. Yeah, I, I honestly just look at this team and it's like, you just got to kind of sit and wait. You just got to sit and wait. Michael Porter's going to develop. Nikola Jokic, I don't see him falling off a cliff anytime soon. Like, I don't look at him as an injury concern, right? Because he doesn't move fast enough to be one. Uh, he, he's never going to forget how to pass the ball. Like, there's no reason to rush this team. I understand that there's a lot of money issues coming up here with all the all the checks coming through. But my opinion, man, you, you just sit this one out. Like, I would like to see them flip a Will Barton for maybe someone a little bit better at shooting or a little bit better at defense. Like, get get something. Like, you, you kind of, at the stage, you, need, you almost need to go a little bit more specialist when you're not talking about, like, so right now we have the core four of, like, Murray, Porter Jr., Gordon, Jokic, right? Like, that's why I'd say the core four is. And you need that fifth player. And if you're talking about all those, the, with those three, those four, you can have a guy who's a little bit less good shooter, but can really, really play some defense. You can have a guy who's a really good shooter, not so good at defense, because you're already kind of sacrificing on that end. You've kind of made the commitment with Jokic to be a subpar defensive team um, for the most part. Well, I mean, one of the things that was really tough is Jokic having to you know, be, be the guy and expend all that energy offensively, but also like defensively playing up to the level. Like that's where you kind of need him to be. But I think he can do that right relatively well. The problem is if you need him to, to be totally carrying the load offensively without Murray, like we saw, like they just ran into that issue where uh, like, I I think again, Jokic is going to be fine. He can be fine defensively. He's not switching out on the people. But again, if you can get high enough and be aggressive enough um, on those on those screens, then uh, it, it just he didn't have quite enough. He's one of the most durable people that we have in our league. It's just with without, without Murray, the, the the burden's been a lot. But in regular season, I don't think you really have to worry about it that much. I I like this team. I think that he does just keep their floor very very high and. I'm ready. I'm just. I'm ready for the Bone, Bones Highland experience. I'm, I'm, I know I mentioned him already. I'm just super excited. Well, and the thing is, if, if Bones Highland is a hit, you got four years of this man oh, coming yeah. through, and and then Richard, they can really t- spend some time focusing on trying to find maybe like like a, a semi stretchy power forward 
like let's like I'm not going like this is putting a lot on saying Jaden McDaniels is going to be a success, but you can focus on drafting a guy like Jaden McDaniels who could like be maybe a, a help side rim protector, like kind of like what Aaron Gordon does, and then you're pairing that with Jokic to help your defense out. Maybe like like I'm talking like that's the that's the position of need um, for the long term with Jokic. This is Zeke Naji in bull bull slander. I just want I just want to say it's that not slander. <laughs> it's it's. it's Disappointment. I think as I went on disappointed. I think Nick jo- uh, Zeke Naji had a lot of like positive moments last year, but some of the summer league looked bad. I don't like, care his, about. I care his about jump some, shot looked bad. I don't That's care what, about summer league. It's fine. It's I don't care about I it care that about much. The jump shot. I don't care. Okay. It's fine. I, th- it, this is the thing. I was like that that that, that number right there is like kind of on the no- nose here, especially without a Jamal Murray. But I I like this team. This team's very fun. They are always uh, on my list to watch. Okay, Portland Trail Blazers. This is interesting. I mean, we are we are in Portland right now, and uh, Blazers won forty two games last year, forty four and a half this year, and uh, up until you know very recently, you know, after the initial slew of free agent signings came in, it was well, Damian Lillard wanted to you know we wanted to make a splash, and uh, Tony Snell is it, is it the Tony Snell hey, signing or is 50, it ninety coat. Exactly, Cody Zeller. Like, is you know, it's like we're trying to keep Dame around, trying to trying to make sure that he's happy. Uh, and you go out and do literally nothing, and then the other two drops where it's all right. Let's go ahead and trade Derrick Jones Jr., who did not find himself in you know in the rotation uh, by the end and uh, out of Terry Stotts' rotation, and it seemed like a little bit of a miss, but you turn him, obviously you got to throw a first-round pick, but into Larry Nance Jr. I, I think Larry Nance Jr. is going to be a really good fit uh, for this team. We've talked about the, oh, well, Ben Simmons uh, as, you know, a, a target for this team, and, like, these two teams are going to be connected until the Ben Simmons uh, thing is whole, all resolved, but... Larry Nance Jr. I think defensively, you know, gives you that real defensive stud that you've been that you've been, you know, trying to get, and now you've got a lot of good people here. You got Robert Covington off ball. You got Larry Nance. Uh, you know, Cleveland was super good, a super good defensive team out there when Larry Nance was 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 healthy. Then they dropped off a cliff when he got injured. So, and Larry was shooting the ball well. I mean, it's it, that's a new development, and who knows how accurate? But it's a the year Alfred Gamino shot 38%, like the Blazers offense was hard to stop because you're, you had to, you had to send doubles at Damon CJ anytime they started cooking. If, if Alfred Gamino could hit a single shot, you were cooked. Like you were cooked. Uh, it just a matter of the defense and the lack of versatility, you know, at, still at the guard positions that you're never going to be fully in it. But I mean, like this, this is a team that made the conference finals. I know it was kind of fluky, but like they, they did it. Like you can't take that away. And they, without Yusuf Nurkic, who would have helped the defense even more. So maybe they don't get swept by the Warriors for the 15th time. But I do think this team does. They really got to – Ben Simmons got to be on this team. I know it's just what has to happen. Like, they, it's it's so such a perfect fit for him, right? Because if, if you swap out CJ, you probably have to get, get, find a new backup point guard because Anthony's got to be a sweetener, and you're giving up picks, probably picks. Um. I, as I've always said, I don't understand draft picks. And then with, for some reason, everyone thinks Ben Simmons stinks and I don't understand it. Um, I don't know where the value is at anymore, but if we're talking about a, a Dame, Powell, Covington, Simmons, Nurkic lineup. Yeah. Obviously Nurkic is not a good, good shooter. Larry Nance for the closing lineup. Larry Nance will be in there for starters. Nurkic is going to start till his contracts out, but Nurkic is a, a really good short roll facilitator. Like he, he doesn't shoot well, but like he, he eats up the space 
that's the way I was phrasing. Like, if he can catch the ball on the perimeter, take a hard dribble in, and do a dribble handoff, and if you left that space, all of a sudden you got Powell, you got Dame taking jump shots. I really like that fit. Obviously, I love Ben Simmons. Um, don't love CJ McCollum at this stage anymore. I, I just really think that's the trade that needs to happen. I don't know if it's possible. When it first came across my thing, is like, oh, Ben Simmons for CJ. I was like, there's no way. There's no way you can give up enough to get Ben Simmons. But it seems like that's changing. Well, no, I don't think it's changing because I think Darren Morey's the guy who's like, I think he'll just go into the season. I, I think he's bold enough to say, I don't care. And we'll, we'll see if Ben Simmons is actually just trying not to play right now. And maybe Ben Simmons comes in and he's got some injury of some sort that, you know, the the Kyrie threat from, from way back when. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I, I don't know. One thing I do like with the team as it's currently constructed, you've got – You've got six really good people who can, I think, can be impactful, and you've got a, a different, a potentially switching. Um, I see. I should say forward lineup with with Nance and Covington, and and, and I, I mean, maybe you don't really want to switch Covington onto people, but you you you've got the, some defenders that you've not had in a while who also can do things offensively. So like this is it's it's a good situation if someone like Nasir Little were to actually make. Uh, you know, a jump like then this team gets pretty interesting for me. I do agree with you saying Norman Powell, CJ McCollum becomes potentially expendable, but you got to find the right, got to find the right, um, right team. Obviously, Ben Simmons would be ideal, and maybe if you are throwing, if you're willing to throw picks in to make it happen, and 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 Philly says, okay, we'll take those picks and we'll try to go after a different person with them and, and, and maybe we can make it happen. I don't know. Like I say, if we go into the season and like, let's say the wizards are obviously a team. It's, it's a matter of what, what every other team wants. Right. Cause I look at the wizards as a team that wants to be mediocre. And if they take Ben Simmons on like that, that could obviously make them potentially really good, but they, they currently, they have a lot of that, that size people. And maybe then the Blazers settle for getting some of those guys like a Hachimura or a Danny Abdia. And then the Sixers can still get Bradley Beal. Um, the, the Wizards can get Ben Simmons. Like I, I, I'm not exactly sure how this all goes, but like yeah. there, there's some swaps to be had in this, in this coming NBA season where a lot of people, especially with, with Bradley Beal being theoretically being upset. I mean, even Dame, I hate to think about it, but Dame may be wanting to move on. Like there's a lot to be said for what the next step is. I, I think that the this trade deadline could get frisky because again, like you mentioned, Beal and Beal said, "Oh, I want to be here." But if he doesn't sign the extension, then then that's a hint. And if you're Tommy Shepard, it's like, okay, well, it's time to make to make a move. So like you'll you'll know, I think. And so it, it could get frisky. Overall, I think that the Blazers are in an interesting situation, and I think it'll have enough regular season success as long as they're you know assuming health. Just with with having these. I want to say six guys who you who you trust. Um, I, th- I think that they'll be in, in a good enough spot that maybe you can you can assume. There are six good players on this team. Good, and I'm not I'm like these these guys play on every team in the NBA. And then you're looking at Anthony Simons and and Nasir Little, just hoping that it it, it, it kind of clicks for him this season because that could, that'd be huge. If Anthony Simons can give you efficient ten points off the bench, where it's not like I'm just heat checking and hoping it's here for me today. If he can like take a step as a you know actual NBA level guard offensively, versus just can score thirty any night, can go zero for ten. Yeah, we got it. We got to make that progression step for Anthony this year. The problem is he's 
brilliant two guard. That's kind of I don't see him as a facilitating. But I mean, so is but. CJ and so, and so is Dame. Right? They're all they're all guard, small guards. And honestly, Tony Snell, if he can just be a catch and shoot guy and actually shoot when he gets the ball passed to him. It, yes. Okay. So let's get to the Timberwolves. Timberwolves, always an awful team. Uh, <laughs> so true, though. 23-49 last year, um, over under 34.5. There's been – here's so here's the thing. You look at this team, and they really did nothing this offseason. You bring in Patrick Beverly, okay. You bring back or bring over Leandro Bomaro, draft pick from last year, okay. Resign some of your guys, but – and when it, like they've done nothing, this is the team that that I think covets Ben Simmons, and I think would be a phenomenal fit for Ben Simmons. The question is, man, has has his trade stock gotten so low, and has Daryl Morey actually said, hey, let's let's go ahead and and make it make a trade? I don't even know what the trade looks like. Well, I think it's D'Angelo Russell because of salary fitting, but then like, what are you sweetening that with? Because me personally, if, if that, if D'Angelo Russell's enough to get the converse, conversation started, CJ McCollum better be. Oh yeah. hundred percent. So it's, I, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't really see that as working as really working out. I don't think there's any chance they trade Anthony Edwards. Like not just from the fact that like, even if he, it might be good for, I think that'd be a bad move for Philly too. Cause he's a little, he's a little too far from being a, a competent player, but like that guy's such an electric player. I understand we have frustrations with parts of his game, but he's a fun player. We can't deny that. Hundred percent. And so, if you're going to be a bad team, you better be fun. And Anthony Edwards is fun. Yeah, like the the thing with Anthony Edwards and the reason why I've been you know kind of down on him is just the idea that I don't think he'll do enough of the other things to actually make him someone who's contributing to, to, to winning basketball. Uh, I, I don't think that, his, again, his, his, his defensive awareness and him being part of that, just like I, I view him as a lights-out bench scorer. Like, if he comes in, he can get hot and get you, get you a lot of buckets. I still have issues with his shot selection. Uh, he needs to attack the rim because that's what he's so good at, but he settles far too often. So, like, it's just it's those things for me, and if he ever figures those things out, then, ooh, like we we've we've arrived, um, but this team hasn't done anything that I I think will actually make them better. You saw them winning some games near the end of the season. Guess what? A lot of teams are trying to lose, and and so it's I I just see this. I do I think that their new head coach I think is a is much better than what they started out with, and I think he's putting Carl Anthony Towns in better situations to be successful. But overall, un- unless a, t- a trade is made with this team. Like, I think we're still in range. Like, I still think that they are a bottom third in the West team. And I just, I just, I don't see them actually being successful. I think the Torian Prince trade, that was awful. Like, what was the, what was the point of that? You don't actually want Torian Prince doing anything. It was probably just to clear out guard minutes. But then you went in and got Patrick Beverly. I just. The way I looked at that trade was. They were like, we don't have anyone of this height. <laughs> we need someone of this height. And like when they moving on from Jarrett Culver, which was a pick that hasn't worked out, didn't work out because it's over now. Um, I, I honestly think it was just like a we need a more versatile size situation here. And I think Torian Prince, while he's not good, like he's what, 37% career three-point shooter. He, he is 
gonna like him and Patrick Beverly remind me very similar of each other. They have a defensive reputation for weird reasons. I think Torian Prince because he had that lovely rebound speech and his when he got bounced from the tournament in college. Everyone always assumed him as a hustle and and like try hard guy. And then Patrick Beverly just runs around doing stuff. One of the most intelligent things Russell Westbrook's ever mentioned in an interview is this, yeah, Patrick Beverly got y'all fooled. One of the best things I've ever heard. If we were doing Hero Ball Quotes of the Week, we should have done that one. Like, I remember when we used to do that, that that would have been a good one. Patrick Beverly got y'all fooled. Anyway, I think the Patrick Beverly trade, for what it's worth, Richard, I I don't see that as anything but a, tight, a slight net positive for this one reason, is if he just gets... These athletes, like a Josh Okogie who already tries hard, if Anthony Edwards sits trying harder, if Malik Beasley's hustling, all those guys have so much defensive potential, not to mention Jaden McDaniels. If Patrick Beverly running around can kind of inspire the squad, like I know that's like that, you know, like chemistry, effort, kind of like not nothing tangible about that. But Patrick Beverly, I do think when you're he's on your team does like kind of inspire some some effort plays and while i think he's not a particularly great defender he's good like he's a good defender like i'm i'm crapping on him but he's he's good at def- defense he's just not elite like he thinks he is and he shoots 40% from 3 the last 4 years that's a better shooter than Jarrett Culver good good trade that's all it was good trade yeah you hate the first round pick going out but well no but i i i view it as i, I don't I just view it as you, you created the problem, and then you so that you had to to, fit, to try to fix the problem and get Pat Bev in. Like you created the problem by by, by getting, um, you know, rid of Ricky Rubio, and you know, oh we don't now we don't have any d- d- defensive guard, and and now let's go ahead and and, and solve it. I, I just that that's my issue. It's like you you, you try to solve a problem that you created, and I agree that yes, you you create a problem, you, then you you had to find the solution, right? The reason I – Ricky Rubio is a better player than Patrick Beverly. I don't want that to be twisted. But for this specific team where they don't have a lot of shooting other than at their center position, Patrick Beverly is a better shooter than Ricky Rubio. And if you got guys like Anthony Edwards who needs to develop with the ball in his hand, D'Angelo Russell who's going to have the ball in his hands, and honestly a, a Malik Beasley who should be allowed to explore the studio space a little bit because you're paying him like he should be able to, I, I don't dislike the idea inherently of getting rid of a Ricky Rubio – to encourage growth from others. Ricky Rubio would in four years ago would have been great for Carlton Towns. They still kind of punted on that with a different GM. But I think it's all in phases, right? And if you're trying to make Carl Anthony Towns like a Nikola Jokic light, then then sure. It's it's fine. And you we'll see. Shooting. You, we'll you see. just need more shooting. And and I think like I said, I I, I agree that the, the well let's see this. I think the result is working out. The method is is a frustrating one. Yeah. Well, there is the Minnesota Timberwolves. I, I don't, I don't see them making the playoffs. I don't see them making really the. I mean, I think at best you you make one of the playing games as like the the bottom seeds, but like even even then, I don't, I don't think they're better than the Kings. No, I. But it it always gets a little bit weird where this team wants to be successful and win, like because of you know usually it's oh the GM might want to do, but if they lose again, he's out. So. Like I, I think that I just I don't know if they I think everyone is trying to be successful and win this year. And so because of that, there you know, people at the end of the season, some teams might oh, you know, suffer a slight injury and it's like, all right, well, let's go ahead and shift shift to tank mode. And in that situation, this might be a team that, you know, slides up. But like that that that's their ceiling. And so I think that's I think that's an unfair 
I don't believe in this team's direction. So I don't trust this. I don't have any good feelings about this team other than um, Anthony Edwards dunks and Carnley Towns um, offensive game. Well, talk about a team that we know the, their direction, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, I got a quick trivia question for you for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, without looking at the cap sheet, who who is the second highest paid player on the Thunder? So second highest paid for this coming season. We're not talking. So we're, we're highest, second highest paid in this season. I mean, are are we, t- are we talking about dead money or because? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're talking about is on the roster. Is getting a check from this team. There's two players. By the way, no one. I'll go ahead and tell you. No one makes over ten million dollars a year on this team. Man, this is this is this oh, is rough. If you can get honestly, just if you can just guess the first three or like the top three. I mean, SGA's got to be involved in the top three. In the top three. I, his extension doesn't kick in Correct. until next year, though. So is, is he the third? He's the third. Okay. Um, I want to say, man. It's a problem. I, I I would guess actually. Hold on, their their rookie uh, this year um, has to be. Is it him? Yep, Josh Giddy is the second highest paid player on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Who in in first is uh, Derek Favors with his like mid, mid with his mid level from last year. But there's no because of because of buying out Kimba, who was like a twenty four twenty uh, probably like 20, 28 or twenty nine million dollar uh, salary slot with his max he got from the Celtics. Um, he was taking up a lot of cap, and with his buyout, he still is. Like, and and you got you got everyone else on these on these silly um uh, you know silly, silly silly deals where they got a bunch of non non guaranteed years that go out for forever. The Lou, Lou yeah, the, the Lou Dort special. Two million a year. It's yeah. Awful. He's a great solid solid player and just getting absolutely ran through the coals because the two way system is broken. Um, but I thought that was funny because like I I pulled it up and like, I was like all right. Sh- oh. Josh Giddy, second highest paid player on this team. And, I mean, you never know. Derek Favors could be on his way at any time. He might be the highest paid player. I mean, I, I think this team as a – like, honestly, this, this is my prediction. Oklahoma City will not get to the salary floor this year so they can give all these young guys bonuses to get to the salary floor. Are they not at the salary floor with their buyouts? No, I don't think so. They have $32 in room is what this says on the on the cap sheet. So they're not to the floor. If they have $32, in, $32 million in room, they're not to the floor. Okay. Well, well, that'll be something to keep to keep an eye on. I had kind of semi closed my my laptop there just to to, to, not, to not cheat, not look. Um, man, I with with this team, like they're they're going to be trying to lose. They're going to be bad, and it will we'll 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 see how it goes. Yeah. No, it'll definitely be an interesting bit here because they're very bad, but. I think there's some fun things. You know, Lou Dort playing defense, I think is going to be great. I, I'm really excited about Teo Maldon's um, development. I, I know we, uh, I know we kind of like hyped him up in the draft a little bit, and you know, I just think he's a fun player. You know, he's he's six five, can shoot a little bit, can play make a little bit. I think him and Shea are really fun to watch together because then you got two point guards of like size, uh, defensive 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 potential between the two of them. Like that's probably my most exciting thing about this team. Um, everything else, like I, I could probably say I'm relatively indifferent towards other than Lou Dort's defense. Is this the worst team in the league, or is it the... No, I think it's got to be. I, I mean, it's it's basically probably just depends on how if you believe in SGA or or not. I mean, it could be Orlando, just depending on how things go with them and, the, and, and their recovery from injury, and if they decide to milk it. 
and there's strength there's strength in the east now like you don't beat the t- like you used to like when let's say just the, the, the lebron james Cavs were the best team in the east right and the, the toronto raptors were like the team that like the bad teams couldn't beat but now like we're looking i'm looking at teams like my like miami's gonna need all their wins brooklyn's gonna need all their wins milwaukee needs all their wins philly needs all their wins like those teams like that, that's that's four and then we're i, I know i'm missing one just because brain not thinking right like those teams are not giving away wins to teams anymore like like an Orlando. The Heat will cuz the Heat always lose to Orlando. But that's exclusive. Um Orlando might be the worst team in the league. But I think I think those two are are like those two are you know what they're doing. The, the book is out. You're actively trying to lose. I mean the Pistons are at least going to try to win games cuz they want to they want to see some success. At, at some point they might pivot a little bit or you know with rest like like they did last year the, the nba is in a great spot right now where a lot of people are trying to win whether it's gm timelines like the wolves for example the wolves should not be trying to win based on what is on the roster but there's a gm situation here um there's plenty of teams like that like this is the kings same situation they probably aren't in a position to really push for it but all of a sudden they're like what two and a half two years three years down the line post or two years down the line post vlade they're drafting well. They're, I think they're re- re- retaining pretty good players like a Harrison Barnes. Like, they're doing parts of the equation right and still bungling something else. Like, you, you can't you can't recover from missing out on Luka Doncic or Jer- even Jaron Jackson Jr. when you're talking about having Marvin Bagley just being bad. Yeah, I've been on the right side of history on that one from sure. the beginning. I think he was lower on mine. I think I had Bamba below him. That, that was a mistake probably, and Bamba's very bad. One thing with this team to look out for, just to look out, just when you're looking at bad teams, like there is a level of just NBA competence that ends up happening, where, where if you're if you know you're bad, like people are still going to start filling up the the sheet. And it's like, wow, does Darius Baisley is he is he getting some some numbers, and maybe he could becomes an interesting you know trade trade target where you can again try to keep accumulating assets if you don't really believe in him as a long term play but like again this team is just going to be like or Kendrick, Kendrick Williams for example like Kendrick Williams need, needs to get on a team though because if that guy still shoots a high percentage playing with a bunch of like not good surrounding talent where a team can actually kind of like stick to his body that guy needs to be on a postseason team this season at some point I I, I enjoy him but yeah just think we got a lot of a lot of bad players like like Poku is going to be out there running around doing his thing where it's going to be just a uh, a sight to behold and if it's just it's like it's gonna lead to, to to no wins and so this is a team where i guess they're, they're over under is 23 and a half and i think i'll take the under on I, I might it's my i there's been a lot of bad teams like shay shay makes me nervous about it just because he's good shay's a really good player but like the, the aside from shay is there is there a team other than the process Sixers that just reminds you of no chance of winning games? I mean the Bobcats at when when they were doing their doing their thing, but this is, we're, Dwayne, we're, Dwayne Wade list Miami Heat. We're in we're in the realm of 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 this. So yeah, that that's the conversation though. It's like this is the Dwayne Wade injured Heat that end up with the second pick. This is the Bobcats that. Did, couldn't win games, and this is the the process Sixers. But Shea is good, and I just I, if I was if I was them, I would I'd get Shea you know thirty two minutes a game, and I would not play him in the fourth quarter. It's, the game's already going to be out of hand by that point in time. But I mean, I don't know. Good, I've not looked too far ahead. I, I I'm 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 
relatively aware of this upcoming draft class and like you know okay chet holmgren is is coming out and uh bancaro from from duke uh there's an overseas guy that's uh i know um kevin o'connor has been talking about a lot which overseas guy are you talking about he's like he's like a he's like a chet holmgren body you're not talking about what women yana Maybe, no, because because Wembenyana is is in two years. He can't come. Oh, like, so okay. if if it if it's I mean I love Wemby. Like you should start tanking now for him. Like he's <laughs> he's the guy. Like he is everything that you, you like. The problem is like with this team, you, you've got like he's if Pokashevsky was actually good, or if um like everyone's idea of it's just he he's the best. He he's the best prospect since. I don't like. I'm a Kate Cunningham guy, but like, what women Yana is, uh, it, he's, looking, he's, looking good, huh? he's the guy. Um, but yeah, in, in this one, I, I don't know what it looks like, but uh, I don't know, know exactly who's up at the top. But it's it's you know a realm of a few guys who 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 probably you know semi fit. Jalen Duran. Um, uh, I think I think we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get, get to that. that. We'll, we'll get to that eventually. We'll get to that stage. But that's that's the discussion for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Who, who is it going to be that yeah. you're going for? I, I think my last thought before we we pop out of here is. When you're watching a team that's this bad, and it can apply to the Magic, it applies to the Houston as well because they are a development type of bad. I think they'll win quite a few games. Um, I don't know if they're over-unders at, but I think they'll be a pretty competitive team I th- as long as John Wall is like healthy. And if he takes the role of like mentor versus I'm trying to be the guy on this team, I think he can really be an asset for Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., etc. Um, but with these teams that are bad, and I know I know we know this, and I know you know for the people who do listen, they know this as well. Like it's it's really important to study the trend lines of these young guys who put up some numbers for a week, right? And really take take in the small and big sample size to affect. Because, like, Shea might have a rough year because he's the only one out here. His counting stat, like, so keep an eye on, like, how he performs. Keep an eye on, like, a guy like um, Darius Baisley. He might shoot he might shoot a lot of threes and might have some big games, but if his, if his percentage is still sub-35, you can't, you can't put – that much stock into it because he's going to have opportunity the Lou Dort experience is what I'm what I'm here for so yeah well and, and Lou Dort like if like his percentage is like if his, if his percentage continues to rise that guy is just unfortunately again I'm pretty sure he was a two-way converted converted two-way and honestly if the OKC wouldn't have made the playoffs with Chris Paul Lou Dort would have got a better deal because they had to convert him had to convert him for the postseason he obviously does not want to miss the postseason but it was very bad for his bottom line yeah yeah well with that that being said ethan we are we're back and we'll, we'll get to over the next few weeks i i assume we'll, we'll start getting to uh some of the other divisions and talking about kind of the outlook for them again shout out utah jazz utah, utah jazz to the finals let's do it utah jazz definitely i'll, I'll get behind that